Welcome to the Trailer Cast with Elise Snipes. Each week, I will be sharing with you from inside my vintage trailer where I work as a therapist and share some of my musings on the human experience. I am endlessly fascinated and inspired by people. I love being a therapist and I'm deeply grateful for the intimate and beautiful work I get to do. I believe we are wildly capable of healing and making this world a better place, and this is my attempt at doing that. Sharing beauty to invoke beauty. May you find yourself inside these stories and ponderings and be better for it. Cheers. This last weekend, I had the opportunity to speak at a women's conference, and I am like still trying to process through everything that that weekend was. And I'm not even like a real big conference person, so I'm probably not even the best person to try to explain like the gist of what one does at said conference. So even my friend Casey, who came down from Oregon, she's like, so what are we like about to get into? And I'm like, well, um, I think I know it's going to be great, but there's going to be like speakers and people telling you things about your life and there's going to be like empowerment and thoughts, new thoughts and <laughs> feelings and dancing and, um, yeah, I really didn't know what to say. And still, even after that weekend, I'm like, I don't know, it was just amazing and everybody should do this. So it was a a two-day conference. I can do my best to explain it here and now. Um, two-day conference in Glendale. There were over 700 women from all over the nation that gathered together for this purpose of like community and fun and just doing something different, getting out of the norm, getting unstuck. The whole idea of the conference was called RISE. The first day was about owning your past, and the second day about owning your future. It was epic. Um, I was asked to speak the first day about owning your past. And I was so excited, okay, because I've known for a couple of months that this conference was coming up, right? So I am, I just absolutely geeked out on the whole idea and was so excited about being able to have this opportunity to come to this conference. I spent all this time preparing right? Thinking about all these creative ways that I could help women really own their past. I, I mean, as this is like a therapist's dream, right? Like come to a conference full of women who want to be there. And then you get to tell them about how their life can get better. <laughs> so I came up with all these like clever ways, these little sayings, these cute ways to remember um, how to overcome difficult things, right? I felt prepared, adequate, ready, because I'm a professional. <laughs> um, I also, I always bounce stuff off my husband when I prepare to speak. Where For whatever the venue, he's a really great listener, and it's because he gives really honest critique as well. And so when I told him what my talk was about and the direction I was going, he was like, uh, really? you have the opportunity or the chance to talk about owning your past and you're not going to talk about your past? Silence. <laughs> I was like, no, this isn't Testimony Tuesday. This is like a real speaking gig and I'm showing up as a therapist. <laughs> and we went back and forth for a bit on this, but basically he just let me know that he thought I was going to miss the mark if I didn't talk about where I come from. And he is right. And I wrestled with this 
You guys, I wanted so badly just to get to show up and talk about things objectively, intelligently, with helpful practical tools. Is that too much to ask? <laughs> I didn't want to be the broken girl. I didn't want to show up and make people cry. And I was tormented by this dilemma. I really had to take a hard look at what I was pushing against and why I was being so stubborn and what this was really all about. And ultimately, I was avoiding being vulnerable because I wanted the women at the conference to think that I knew what I was talking about. And telling my story felt weak. But for sure, my husband was right. And if the talk is about owning your past and I'm trying to avoid it and leave it in the past, then it really doesn't matter what clever things I think I have to say. And so I chose risk and vulnerability. And I have to tell you, I have never told the entirety of my story before either. And mainly because I don't want to overwhelm the listener. Sometimes because things are just super personal and I'm not sure how much I really want to share. Also because my story involves other people's story and I want to respect their privacy too. But when I really boil it down, it's because I'm afraid of what other people will think if they hear the whole thing. You see, I had already disqualified myself before I even got started. And as I'm sitting in the midst of all this, just mulling over and over and over, I realized that this was the thing. Like, this is what I actually needed to talk about on stage. Like the struggle of transparency, of letting myself be seen, of practicing being vulnerable and actually doing the thing rather than just talking about it. And so it was therapeutic even for me, writing it out, considering the different experiences I've had, looking at conclusions I have come to and seeing the need for a better ending. I was vulnerable with myself before I even got up on that stage. And that felt really good too. Just being real and raw and honest and just in it. I learn things every time I look back. And this time was no different. So you've heard me use the idea of a spiral staircase, especially if you spent any time with me in therapy. But when I talk about growth or learning or suffering, you know, sometimes it can be as if we're looking from a bird's eye perspective and it looks like we're just going around and around and doing the same thing, circling the drain. But if you change your perspective and you look in from the side, you're going to see that we're actually on the spiral staircase and that we're rising and elevating. And we might be coming back to a familiar lesson or a memory or a place you feel like you've already been, but you're higher this time. There's some distance between you and the thing some space, some breath. And so we just keep going, we keep climbing those stairs, emerging out of the past and up into healing and hope and life that comes after all those places. And so as I rounded in on my past again, and let me tell you, I've been in therapy since I was a child. And so sometimes I just gloss over the things or feel like I've already extracted all the meaning from that. But as I laid out all my stuff, I felt sad, heavy with experiences, like I was wearing a too big coat, overwhelmed, draped in memories, fumbling awkwardly. And I just gave myself over to this experience, just letting myself feel all the things that were coming up, receiving the pain, 
holding the depths, inhaling compassion for myself, exhaling relief. I know these things are done now, a part of my past, a part of me, but not me. And there's a crucial difference here. The things I have been through have happened to me, but they are not me. I am me. And I was still feeling nauseous about bearing it all. You know, there are honestly just things I would rather just stay behind me. But man, I cannot escape the reality and irony and conviction of my work as a therapist. How could I possibly hold these things back when every week I work with people to do the exact opposite? How can I champion vulnerability and authenticity and then hide behind cleverly crafted sentences? I couldn't. And so I gathered myself, marched right out there on that stage, and then I nervous laughed so hard I snorted. <laughs> oh, I am um, not joking. I lived straight into my worst nightmare in front of hundreds of women at a like, professional speaking gig where there's an actual stage. I snorted on the stage. I cannot even. In my head, I thought, I'm dying. I'm dying a thousand deaths of embarrassment right now. And I should just keep on walking off the stage. Like, they should just cue the lights. I'm not coming back out. And this is happening at, like, rapid speed. I couldn't believe it happened. It is a good thing that I have tan skin because I was, like, 50 shades of red in that moment. I went blank. I forgot everything I was <laughs> supposed to be saying because how do you come back from that? I I should probably watch the footage because I, lit I literally don't even know what happened. I just was like, I need to keep on going. I got to jump back in and save this moment. Um, I've already blown my cover, so I might as well just go with it. And so I just told the room that I really wanted to show up as a woman with something to say. And I wanted to show people that I had learned some things and that I knew what I was doing. And that this very attempt at trying to show up like this made me feel like an imposter. And so I just started putting it out there. My truths, my experiences, my darkness, my fears, my secrets, my losses, my heart, my beliefs about myself because of these things. It felt both wild and freeing to put it out there like that. To not have to hide, to get to just lay it down. You know, I simultaneously felt like I was doing the right thing and also breaking all the rules. Whatever your experiences have been, we usually commit to keeping it quiet, to taking some vow of silence. You know, a lot of the rules we create around silence are subconscious, but nevertheless there. And then we grow up and become adults and don't realize all the ways we've boxed ourselves in. What used to serve us as subconscious rules for safety are now keeping us stuck, silent, misunderstood, alone. Getting up there on that stage and saying all the things was me breaking my own rules. Was me living into my right now reality that I am not going to get in trouble for speaking up. That the little girl within me that was so terrified doesn't have to be afraid anymore, doesn't have to hide, 
doesn't have to be invisible, doesn't have to live in darkness without hope. It was liberating, terrifying, and liberating. So the crux of what I shared about on that stage was about five specific times in my life and the messages I took from those times, the conclusions I came to about myself based on those experiences. Conscious or subconscious, I was taking it in from what I was seeing that this is who I was or how life would be. And so I shared about these different five different spheres, if you will, and the conclusions that I had been standing on based on those experiences. And there's this moment, and I've talked about it before when I was paralyzed, because that's the way you start a story, when I was paralyzed, um, I lost a very important sense. It's called proprioception. You're going to have to Google it later, but it's basically understanding and knowing where your body is in space in relationship to itself and to the world, right? So if I said, you know, shake your left leg, you know where your left leg is and how to move it. But I couldn't tell what was up, down, left, right. It was like I had a total like internal hard drive wipe and I couldn't identify where my body was and that makes it very difficult to move forward. And so one of these nights while I was in an inpatient rehabilitation unit learning how to locate my body, <laughs> I woke up in the middle of the night and typically when that happens for me, if I wake up at th- for always three in the morning, I know that there's like a lesson, like if something's about to come my direction. So I usually like sit up and prepare myself for what's about to happen. And so on this specific three in the clock night, I thought, okay, what is it? What am I not seeing about the situation? I literally already can't move. Um, isn't it enough to learn how to walk? <laughs> and I felt this like breaking in, like this question coming down on me that maybe I wasn't only physically paralyzed, but maybe I was also emotionally, spiritually, psychologically, intellectually stuck. I stayed up that whole night thinking back on my life going over the different experiences I've had, the different conclusions that I've come to. It's like I just dumped everything out, sorted it all out, wanted to see what was there. I'm just kind of the person who's like, all right, we're going to do it. Oh, it's on. <laughs> Let's do it then. Let's pour it all out there. Am I stuck? Is there more to what I'm experiencing? And so I, I began this process of emotional and spiritual proprioception retraining. You know, I had to concede to the idea that some, if not all of the conclusions that I had come to based on these experiences were keeping me stuck. They were keeping me isolated and fractured, unseen, hopeless, paralyzed in darkness. And I needed to rise. I needed to sort and then stand on something solid and lasting. And so what I shared at this conference is one of my personal favorite moments is that there's this this song, I set it up a little differently, that there's this modern day philosopher, Missy Elliott, and in her song, Work It, she unlocks the way forward. 
I put my thing down, flip it, and reverse it. <laughs> I'm not joking. So if you were there at the conference, I'm genuinely not joking. This, this phrase, this lyric, I put my thing down, flip it, and reverse it, unlocked something in me. I realized that if I could take all the different conclusions that I had come to, I already put it out there. I need to be able to figure out how to flip it and reverse it because that was going to be the way out of some of the destruction that these beliefs were like wreaking on my life. And so from one of my first conclusions that it's not safe to be seen becomes here I am. And that fear and fractured self becomes freedom and whole self. Hide becomes stay open. Don't hope becomes fierce belief. Darkness is my only friend becomes light is my home. You see, this was how I had to own my past. When I could see that there were very faulty conclusions from very real experiences. I stood on that stage and I watched all the things that I believed disqualify me, qualify me to tell my story so that others don't have to fear their own darkness. <laughs> this was vulnerability at its best. Getting to own it all. And then getting to watch it do something good for those who were listening. I mean, come on. What a freaking joy to get to see people take something good from what I was sharing. It was humbling. It was mind-bending to watch. When I walked off stage, I felt thankful. I was thankful for my story. Thankful that I have got to get, uh, that I get to live this life, that that was mine. Thankful I get to share it. Thankful. It was enough in that moment. Just living right up to that moment in my life, I felt like, God, that was for me. I'm taking that. I'm taking thankfulness away from this today. But what I didn't anticipate, and I usually don't, was the outpouring of response. Because, you know, when I was preparing for this conference, I thought to myself, I would probably not be everyone's cup of tea, but for the women who have sat in darkness, that this would be for them. And so I was going to own my spot on that stage and, pre and I just kind of precluded that I would only be speaking some people's language, if you know what I mean. But here's the catch. We all know darkness. We might not know each other's specific darkness or lived each other's suffering, but we are familiar with our own hurt, our own pain or loneliness. And when someone speaks truth into those places, we can all hear that. You see, there is something universal about suffering, and that doesn't have to be exclusive. It can be inclusive. It can be a world full of me too's rather than, is it just me? I hope we can offer that to each other, to the other. So when women came up to me to say thank you, or I hear you, or I have lived this experience, or let me tell you my story, and this is just what I needed to hear that day, 
I was flooded, you guys. I was overcome. I couldn't believe it. Thank you. To every one of you who came up and said something or risked saying hi or feeling foolish for, for just for saying something, thank you. Always introduce yourself to someone who's saying something in front of you. It means so much because you know what? It takes guts. <laughs> it's hard to do. And when you get met with a me too, that's everything. That's the fruit from, from all of this. And so there was something, of course, that I got caught up on stage and I forgot to say something that I wanted to say. And so I'm going to share it here. There have been a lot of places I have had to rise from, okay? There are a lot of things that I have had to untangle myself from and figure out how to army crawl myself across the floor to get up and out of that situation. But the single hardest place I have ever had to lift myself out of was my own mind, was my own thoughts about me, the conclusions and beliefs I have come to about life and the world and people. And so if you are listening, really listening, the battle starts in your head. This is the place you need to rise out of so you can do all the things your heart craves. I feel like there is more to this concept and I am toying with the idea of actually writing it all out and calling it a book since I'm professional and stuff. But really, I, I kind of want to dare myself to do something radical and this just might be that next thing. And now that I'm saying it out loud and it's going to be on here, you can all hold me accountable to it. But why not dare to do something audacious? Why not respond to the questions? So rise. If you're listening, it starts at the top. It works its way down. And if we were sitting here together, and this is the way I love to, th I love to think. I love to think that if, if we were sitting here together, it's beautiful and sunny. I'd want us to take a minute. I'd want us to stop, to take it in, to feel the breeze coming off the ocean and through the windows, to listen, to breathe deeply of this exact moment we're in. And I would tell you, there is something intoxicating about vulnerability. Like there is this moment where all the voices that have always kept you silent are swirling around in your head. And there is this one shining alternative suggestion a subtle maybe, a slim possibility that things might go the way you think. That maybe, just maybe, you will lower your mask and be seen. And when you feel like you can't breathe and that lump in your throat is telling you to be quiet, and you wonder for even a fraction of a second that maybe it'll be okay, Maybe you will be okay. Or even better, maybe they'll see you and love you. Maybe they will see you and see part of themselves too. Maybe you will see each other and be less alone. 
maybe you will find comfort or companionship or a me too. And this sliver of other, this glimpse of what it could be like, propels you forward, either towards taking that breath and saying the thing or holding it in. If you're listening today, I hope you say something. I hope you find a person to say all the things to so that you can realize that you are as beautiful as you hope you are. You are as precious as you want to be. Your pain is as significant as you think, probably more so. Your story is worth telling, your secret worth sharing. Don't hold these things alone. Take a breath, utter even one word, come forward. Let us see how strong and beautiful you are. Thanks for listening. To connect with me, suggest a topic for the show, or ask a question from your own life you would like to have answered, email me at elise at trailercast.com. E-L-Y-S-E at trailercast.com. You can also see more on the TrailerCast website or follow me on Instagram at TrailerCast, where you can watch the renovation of my vintage mobile office and see more from behind the scenes. Remember, you can subscribe on iTunes and tell your friends.